In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you've joined us here today. Today, we have another great guest on the show to help you get the resources that you need to take control of your own career. And today, Katrina Brigham is here with us because she is going to be talking about how you can make a career transition and some of the challenges that come up when we go to make a career transition. So Katrina is a certified coach, and she is a author also of an interview-winning resume the book, The Creating an Interview Winning Resume, and The Complete Interview Readiness Guide. So we're excited to have Katrina here with us today, and we we do appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about career transition, and it's always hard for folks to make that switch from one job to the next, no matter how kind of small that change is, if they're trying to make some kind of transition in their career, that that's a big process for people. And I'm excited that you're here to share about that with us. So tell us, what is the first step to successfully transition to a new career or job? The first step is first uh, taking a deep breath. Um, because some transition is not necessarily voluntary. Um, Sometimes the transition is because there was a layoff or a change um, in your life. Um, Maybe you had to get up and and move, and what you were doing before um, is not available in the locale you're in. So it's it's taking that time to regroup, to say, okay, this change is happening. Um, Even if it's voluntary, change can be scary for people. Um, so it's, it's taking that time to sit down, take that deep breath, and say, okay, where am I going to go from here? Once you figure out where you're going to go from here, you might want to get a coach um, to help you um, write some things down, come up with a plan, make some goals um, so that you can make the transition as smooth as possible. For me, um, I like, um, with my clients, having smart goals to be specific about what you want to do. Um, to have something that's measurable that you can say, okay, I've accomplished this. Have something that's attainable. Because sometimes I speak to people and the goal is a little too lofty. You want to kind of break it down a little bit. Have something that you um, can do. If it's something that you need training for or to go to school for, you want to get that training. You want to do what you need to do. Um, you want to um, have something that... Um, you know, you can have that um, is, is time-bound, uh, which you put a time on it. If you need to go to school and the training takes 18 months, you want to have that time set in front of you um, so you can measure out what you need to do. Um, so when people are, wanna, are thinking uh, about making a transition, the first thing you said is that they take a breath, which is good, right? They need to take that breath and and um, pause and, and make a plan. And then you said they might need to figure out what they want to do. Do you have some tips for people in that process? How do they figure out what's next? Figuring out what's next um, is actually not as hard as people think 
it, what do you want to do? What is your desire? What is your passion? If you have a break in the gap where you have a layoff or you're moving, take the time to figure out what that thing is that you always wanted to do but never really had time to do. <laughs> Um, it's actually how um, I transitioned into coaching. Um, I sat back and I was at a place where I had to make some changes. And I was like, okay, Trina, instead of doing something where you feel like, okay, I have to do this, what do you really want to do? You know, what, you know, we'll get you out of the bed in the morning to figure out what you want to do. And it was to, to help people and to coach them to get them where they needed to be. And so I started taking the steps that I needed to take to get there. And sometimes it's, it's writing it out, mapping it out, um, what you want to do um, and what resources you have. Um, if you don't have it at your fingertips, how do you get to the resources? And writing that out and going to um, different places, asking for help, um, asking different people, getting a mentor, and networking. Um, so those are um, the steps that you do. You go to figure out what you want to do. Okay, good. And then once people have some idea of what they want to do, you've said that they can set some SMART goals. And, of course, the S around that being specific what do you suggest that people do to be more specific about their goals? Okay. To be more specific about your goals is finding out exactly what you need to do. Okay. So you say, I want to be um, a healthcare um, a nurse. What do you actually need to do to be a healthcare nurse? What programs do you have that are in your area that will help you do that? Um some uh, nurses, um, it's a certificate program, and you could be a registered nurse in some states, and some, it's an actual degree program. So what degree programs are around, what um, certificate programs are around, uh, what do you need to do um, in order to do it? Um, can you go during the day? Can you go at night? How many hours is it going to take um, for your classes um, for each course? Um, how many hours um, out of the day do you need to get a babysitter <laughs> um, to, to have that done? Um, can you still work while you obtain your goal? Um, is it something that you have to take time off for? So you want to get down to the nitty-gritty um, when it comes to being specific on what exactly you need to do to make sure that you can obtain that goal. Okay. And then there you kind of started to hit on the measurable too in terms of, you know, how much time is it going to take and how much money? What other kind of measures or, or metrics do people need to think about? Sometimes the metrics, um, like you said, is, is monetary. It's time bound. Sometimes it's a, a thing of achievement um, as well um, because you want to be motivated uh, while you're doing it. So it's what exactly uh, is that motivating factor for you? Um, if you get and you re- you get up there and you register, will that make you feel good, like you've accomplished something? So sometimes uh, measurable things are emotional or um, goal bound. Okay, I said I was going to register for this class um, by the fall semester, <laughs> and did I actually do that? And how okay, did it make so me feel? That- did it make me feel accomplished? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no. So what will it look like when you're successful, or what does success look like can be a good question to get to those metrics. Correct. Correct. And good. and I, I do visually 
visualization goals with my client, um, when you get to that goal, what does it look like for you? And I use, um, for example, um, when you're at that goal, what are you doing when you're there? Um, I use like a beach metaphor. If you're going to take a vacation, what does that look like? Are you sitting on the beach? Um, What sounds do you see? What smells do you smell? You know, to try to get the person to picture what that goal is going to be like in their mind. Because when you visualize and you see yourself actually doing it, it actually gives you some motivation. It gives you some get up and go. It's more than just a, a notion. It's something that you can actually see, taste, touch, smell. Okay. And then the A in SMART you said is attainable. Tell us a little bit more about that one. It's something that you can obtain. Because I, I feel like the SMART goals, they overlap in some form or fashion. So is it obtainable? If you say you want to be, um, with the example of being a nurse, uh, you can't say, I want to be a nurse next month, and you haven't started yet. So if the program is 18 months, um, you can't say you want to be in a month. So it has to be something that you can actually obtain. Um, or you can't come out and say, I want to be a nurse, and you don't have any education in being a nurse. So you want to make sure that the goal that you have is something that is actually doable. Okay. And then what is the R stand for there? And it's so funny that you asked me that because that is the one thing that I have my block on right now. Ah, um, well, so I usually I say it them, stands like, for oh. um, realistic. You can say realistic. Yes. You say something else. It is, it is realistic. Yes, it is. And I wrote it out and I, I had it on um, my little piece of paper and I left my little piece of paper um, in the house. And it is realistic. It's something that is a realistic goal for you. Um, and realistic is, to me, um, relative because something could be um, not realistic for the time being but become realistic. Um, like, as far as the attainable and realistic, that goes hand in hand because it's, okay, I want to be a nurse. Right now it might not be a realistic goal because I haven't had the education, but it becomes a realistic goal once I actually register for the class and I've taken my courses and I've finished the course. So now it's a realistic goal for me. Um, It could be something as easy as um, someone wants to um, become a, a coach. At one point, it wasn't realistic um, for me, but once I took the courses that I needed, once I obtained the certifications, once I've done the things that I needed to do to um, obtain that goal, it becomes a realistic goal for me. Um, It becomes a realistic goal for the person who's going to be that nurse. It It becomes a realistic goal for someone who wants to change careers, and maybe it's a totally different career than what they were in. What do you need to do to make that goal a reality for you? Good. All right. And then the last one, the T, you've said it a couple of times, that time bound. What does that mean or how do people make that one happen? Time bound is something where you actually put a time on it. I have people who have had dreams for years, but they never actually put a time on it. Well, I want to be this by this time. Um, I want to be able to um, be a nurse in four years, and you're taking a four-year program. Um, I want to be able to register by the fall semester. You're putting a time frame on it. Time frames, when you put time frames on things, it actually helps you to 
um, see that goal become a reality. So you have the long-term goal, uh, which is a time-bound, and then you have the short-term goal. The short-term goal would be actually registering for your fall semester, then registering for the spring semester, and actually completing the course in that time frame, whether it's eight weeks, 14 weeks, um, or you can have a program that's even shorter, that's a month. So it's actually putting time on yourself and making sure that you reach that goal by meeting things within that specific time frame. Good. Yes. And, you know, some people say this differently, but I like to say that a goal without a deadline is just a dream. So if we have something we want to do, but we don't have a deadline, it's it's probably not going to happen. And that is true. And that's why you make things time bound, because when you put a time frame on something, people actually reach that. And I found even with coaching, when I say, okay, um, we have this goal, and I tell them I'm giving you homework. So by the time we meet again, whether it's a week, whether it's a couple of days, let's have this done by this time. People actually go and they meet that time frame because you've given them a time to get things done. And so that works in our lives, too, when you say, okay, I'm going to do this by this time. And put that thing on your calendar. We have our phones with us all the time. Put it on your Outlook calendar and have that thing give you reminders and pop up. People actually get those things done, and they get it done in that time frame um, and, or even before the deadline because now it's, oh, I, I need to get this done. It, it becomes for some people, especially when you get to a higher level, like executive levels, a competitive thing. And most <laughs> executives, most people in, in, in industries and in certain industries are competitive. It's like, oh, I have to get this done by this time. And so it becomes that goal for them, and it becomes, I, okay, I have to get it done. So it's a time-bound thing. Um, and if you really want to do it, it's not a struggle to get it done, I found. Wonderful. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue talking with Katrina about how you make that transition to a new job or career. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. 
Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff. And today we're talking with Katrina Brittingham, who is a career coach. She runs a company called Venture Ready. And boy, has she been giving us some great tips to help you be ready for your next career transition. So we've talked a little bit about how you can decide what the next steps look like. And then about setting goals that are really clear in helping you do that and and taking the action that you need to do to make that transition. And now, Katrina, you know, one of the maybe most challenging actions for people to take in, in this type of transition is networking. So tell me a little bit about how you help your clients uh, network effectively when they're transitioning to that new job or career. Okay. I tell people networking, um, it's not a overnight thing for some people. Um, so people are a little scared to network and, and, and come out and um, connect with people. So what I tell them is, well, let's start with if you're in a certain um, career and you're trying to transition into a new career, um, let's start with the um, going to an association, a professional association. Number one, professional associations are friendly. They're there to help you. Um, so when you join uh, a professional association, um, you get that connection without the um, pressure of, okay, I have to go out there and ask someone, can you help me get a job? <laughs> yeah, um, lower, and, lower risk to go to that association where you already have a topic of, of conversation, Right. Right, you already have a topic of conversation and you already have an automatic connection because they're all um, in the same field. They're all doing the same things that you're either doing or trying to do. And I relate that to when um, coming into career services, I joined the National uh, Resume Writers Association in which you were the president at the time. (laughs) Yeah. And... um, Reaching out um, and speaking to you, automatically you knew what my pain point was. You knew what my struggle was transitioning into um, a, a new arena and going into private practice. And speaking to you gave me that camaraderie. And you were like, okay, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Look, we have a conference coming up. You'll have other like-minded people. And I was actually scared to step out because it was totally different than what I was doing, and it helped me um, have that um, buddy system per se and um, introducing me to other like-minded people. So that's what I suggest to them, that you will be able to have an introduction to other like-minded people, people who are willing to help you, people who know what your struggle is. And uh, networking and having that connection is about connecting with people who know what you're going through. You're more motivated to do the things that you need to do. And it calms the fear when you're with someone who knows 
what your struggle is. Um, you have someone who's motivating to you and not someone trying to talk you out of it, um, not someone um, who um, just, you know, don't know the right thing to say to you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so our support system often cannot under maybe doesn't understand what we're trying to do, but these people do. Yes, yes, and and I think it helps focus you too because you can go to another professional organization and um, they know business. Like if you do, I did um, the National Association of Professional Women, which I am still a part of, and they helped me um, motivate me when it came to starting a business. But knowing the nuances of um, career services or knowing the nuances of nursing and knowing the nuances of accounting or whatever it is your practice is, is only with people who are focused in that area. Um, so you can have someone who helps you with business, and that's great, but getting down to the nitty-gritty of accounting, getting down to the nitty-gritty of nursing can only come from people who are actually in that profession. Um, so that helps. Um even going through social media, they, they have professional groups uh, for specific areas. And I do have my people connect through LinkedIn and um, get their uh, profile redone and connect in the groups because you can also speak to people who are in that area. So if you're transitioning careers and you're speaking in a work group, I've had people who've gotten interviews from people who were hiring managers or um, CEOs of companies because you'll be surprised who are in those groups listening to your conversations and they will reach out to you like, you know, you had a really great idea. Are you looking for opportunity? Um, I have this position come up and that's part of even the hidden job market where you have a position who that may have never been posted because someone spoke to you and they had a job come up and you um, fit the bill and you come in and you have that interview, uh, be it in face-to-face, on the phone, or virtual through Skype, and now you have an opportunity that may have not been an opportunity to you before because you stepped out there. Yeah, and that's a challenge, that that making that step out there, and a lot of people see it as a you know, that they're asking for help or that they have to go out there and kind of um, be the beggar. What are some of the ways that you help clients get over the fear of, of going out there and networking? Well, first of letting them know that they're not begging and letting them know that, look, you're awesome. <laughs> and going out there, um, you can shine a little bit. I, I, I don't necessarily like brag per se um, because bragging has a negative connotation and when someone is bragging, it, it kind of is a turnoff. But you can shine. And when you come in and you shine and you light up a room, that has a different effect on people than if you're bragging. Um, you can come in and you can start that conversation with someone and not necessarily come out asking. Just come out talking and getting to know the person and um, finding out what they do finding out what they like to do and, you know, teaching them how to turn the conversation into something where it's like, okay, you know, you know, and so now when you have that conversation with them, after you find out about them, the natural thing is they're going to ask about you. So now what do you do? You know, um, you know, uh, if you're at a networking event, why did you come to this networking event? That conversation naturally turns into that if you're talking to them and you're asking them what they're, they're doing, what they do, what their profession is, what they like to do, and things like that. So once you show that you have an interest in them more than just 
asking or begging for something, um, then it naturally turns into them now having an interest in you. Yeah. And are you a fan of the elevator pitch or how do you help your clients prepare to be able to answer those questions once the conversation does turn in their direction? I'm a fan of the elevator pitch um, where you have a prepared statement that's 10 to 15 seconds. Um, 30 seconds now is a little bit long (laughs) um, for people. But having something to say, okay, this is um, who I am, this is what I do, this is what I can offer you. And it's something that I do rehearse with my clients, um, and it becomes second nature to them. Because 15 minutes can be long, 10 minutes can be long, 30 minutes is it, uh, 30, 30 seconds, I'm sorry, and 30 seconds is actually um, long, but it can be short, too. If you don't have something prepared, you can go over that 30-second mark. You can go over that 10-minute, 10-second mark. You can go over that um, mark pretty quickly if you don't know what you're saying. But if you know what you're saying, you can get that pitch out in a quick time. You can give people meat. You can give them uh, quality information, and they know exactly what you uh, do, what you can offer, and how you answer their pain points. Okay. So where's, what is, I don't know, maybe this question, we didn't prepare this question, but that's all right. Um, What (laughs) is the number one mistake that you see people make when they're networking? I know that right off the top of of, of my head. Walking right in and handing someone a business card. Mm. Why doesn't that work? I'm sorry, go ahead. Why doesn't that work? It doesn't work because, number one, you don't know if the person you're handing a business card to is interested in what you're selling. It also doesn't show an interest in the person. Is it saying, okay, I'm just handing you my business card, um, and that's it. I want something from you. And that's the feedback that I've gotten from people who um, are hiring managers. Like, okay, well, they're just handing me their business card. They're not interested in me. They're not interested in the relationship. Um, and also that person might not be looking to hire at the time. So they might take your business card. You're not memorable. They put it in their pocket. Or sometimes I've seen people sit it right on the table and just keep on going. Yeah. So you want to have an impression. You want to you wanna stand out to the person. And so when they take your business card, even if they put it in their pocket, when they're going through their pocket later, they're like, oh, Marie Zeminoff, I remember that conversation I had with her. Hmm. I'm going to put this in my contacts or I'm going to reach out and I'm going to contact her now because I actually do have a need or I want to continue the conversation with her. So we have the conversation first before we worry about the business card and then it can be a more natural flow. Correct. And and I'll, I'll use, for example, I've had, I had someone come up to me at a business um, conference that I was at and I had people just hand me their business cards. And I've said to them, because I'm, because I'm a career coach, oh, you hand me, what do you do? Oh, it's on my business card. I understand that. And I, and I let them know, I'm asking you this for a reason. And then they start telling me, and then I let them know, you know what, I'm a career coach. And would you handed me your card like that, I never would have thought you would not have been memorable to me. I never would have thought when I went through my cards, I'm going to contact this person. And I was yeah. like, you're looking for a job. You're looking to sell a service. I did not know that just by you handing me your business card. And I did not see how you could answer my pain just by you handing me a business card. Yeah, and it doesn't invite any further conversation. Yes, and it turns their whole 
uh, strategy around. They was like, I never would have thought that. You know, I think, oh, I have my business card. I hand you my business card. And they, they would think, oh, this is why I don't have people calling me. Right. Well, thank you so much for all the expertise that you've shared today, Katrina. I want the listeners to have a chance to connect with you. So tell them how they can find you, your website, your social media. Where can they connect with you? They can connect with me on Facebook. Um, I actually have a business page and I have a personal page. So if you type facebook.com and hit the uh, slash and hit Venture Ready, you can get the business page. Or Katrina Brittingham, you will get me, and you can connect to my business page through my personal page or my business page. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, and I have a business page there um, as well. You can connect with me at linkedin.com slash Brittingham. I have a long name, so I don't actually have to have any uh, numbers or anything else after my name. Once you put in Katrina Brittingham, um, you can Google me, Katrina Brittingham, and my business comes up and my personal pages come up. Oh, it's nice having a unique name. <laughs> it really is. Um, the, the scary part is you can Google me and everything about me comes up. <laughs> Well, I hope that our <laughs> listeners will connect to you. You have great insight to share and, a, and a, such a fresh approach to what you do. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you again for, for inviting me. And I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Yeah. So listeners, connect with Katrina. Katrina with a K, K-A-T-R-I-N-A. Brittingham, B-R-I-T-T-I-N-G-H-A-M. And you can connect with her and follow more of what she's doing. We're going to say goodbye to Katrina, but as you know, we'll be back here on the show to finish up and, and go deeper a little bit into some of these topics. So we will say goodbye to Katrina. We'll see you right back here in a few minutes on The Career Confidant. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business.
You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we've been talking with Katrina Brittingham about making a a job or career transition and what that looks like. And she talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about how you decide what what it's going to be next and how you decide what that next step looks like. And she said to focus on what you want to do. What are those things that you've always wanted to do? Or what is it that you want more of in your in your career? And sometimes that's not the first thought in our mind. The first thought in our mind might be, what do we want less of? <laughs> what are we trying to get away from? And that's okay. Write those things down, capture them somewhere, and then also think about what you want more of. What is, what is that passion that you want to follow or the type of work, type of career, type of job, maybe even type of company or organization that you want to work for? What are some of those elements that you know you want more of? And sometimes this sounds like kind of a luxury, right? And and I've got to make a move. I can't think about that. And no matter what type of move you're making, and, and even if you've got to move quickly, some thought around what you want more of or, or what you're really looking for out of that next organization is going to be important for a few reasons. One, it's going to help motivate you. You're not going to be motivated to look for a job if you feel like I just have to do this. So what is it about that next job that you're excited about? And it may not be the job itself. Maybe it's something that it will add to your life, the ability to pay the bills, hopefully something a little bit more exciting than that. But you need something positive motivating you towards that next piece, or most likely you'll your job search will be slow. It'll, it'll kind of plot along because you're not really motivated to do anything different or to go out and get that job if it's a very negative thing in your mind or very, you know, just kind of have to in your mind. So even if you're not going to make that big of a change, because you do need to find something fast. And of course, we know that the fastest job search that you can get is the most similar job to what you have now. People like that. Hiring managers like that. It's a very easy hire for them. So if you're going for fast, you may have to stick close to what you've been doing and you can still think about what do I want a little bit more of or what type of type of organization is going to be the best fit so that you're more, more motivated and you can answer the inevitable questions that those new hiring managers are going to ask you about why you want to work there. They don't want to hear that you just want a job. They want to know why you want to work there. So it is okay. It's actually a beneficial part of the process to really look at what you want and to focus in on that, even if it seems a little luxurious in your current job search. I like to break that down into kind of four different areas. So what type of work, the skills that you need to use, the tasks that you do every day, what type of work does that look like for you? What roles, what part of your role do you want to move forward? What part of your role do you want to minimize? That's kind of the what work piece of it. 
And you can look at your skills, you can look at your job tasks in the past, and really think about what tasks do I enjoy doing. Do the same thing with job descriptions, looking at, you know, what parts of these tasks will I enjoy, what won't I enjoy, what will I be good at, what won't I be good at, and make sure that there's a good balance there if you're going to apply for a position. If you're mostly applying online, you want to have about 85% of the requirements that they're asking for, maybe a little bit lower. You can apply for things where you have less than that. It's simply going to mean that you want to do more networking so that people will know you and may take that chance on, on hiring someone who doesn't have as much of the qualifications as they're typically looking for. So different job search strategy for those two different types of positions you might be applying for doesn't mean yet you can't do it by any means. It just means that you'll want to do more networking and getting around that online application black hole. So what work, what roles, what skills, what job tasks The next bucket is where, so what industries, what types of organizations, where do you want to work? And of course, geographic location, but then focusing in on, is there a certain type, size of company, certain type of company, certain industries, products or services that they work in? And this, again, may seem a little luxurious, so I don't really care. I just need a job. But if you have some ideas of of the types of people you'd like to work with and you have connections to that industry, it'll be easier to network. It'll be easier to be proactive in your job search because you can identify some of those target organizations. And it will be more of a connection between you and that company when you apply If you've thought about where you want to work and specifically what draws you to those types of of organizations, then how and how you work might have a little bit to do with the environment that you want to work in, the type of people that you want to work with, how are you wanting to work every day, you know, there might be some logistical pieces there in terms of opportunities to work remote or Um, flexible schedule and there's also some personality pieces there of liking to work in teams liking to work more individually so that how you work piece is a little fuzzier than the other two but a good thing to sit back and reflect on what will the work environment look like what pieces of that are important to me what has been helpful in the past where have I succeeded what have those work environments looked like and then why why do you want to work? What's driving you to work? Which is goes along with what Katrina was saying. How are you motivated? What What is it that you are passionate about? Or perhaps what will that new job add to your life? And then also what about that job will be motivating to you? Do you want to help people? Do you want to make neat things? Do you want to be able to innovate? What about a job motivates you? And of course, you're not going to get all of those pieces in every job. But when you have them pinned down and you can articulate them, then you know what your trade-offs are when you walk into an opportunity. Maybe it's not as aligned with the industries you'd like to work with, but boy, it really gives you everything you need in terms of doing the tasks you want to do every day and making the difference or contribution that you want to make every day. And different parts of that puzzle will motivate each of us differently And at different times in our life, 
you may take a job, you know, now that you wouldn't have taken five years ago, three years ago, because it, because your needs have shifted, because what's important to you about a position has shifted. Sitting down and making that, you know, quick little grid before you move on can really help you make sure that you're connected to each opportunity that you go for. And this isn't about, you know, again, it's not a luxury to have that connection. It's a necessity. Companies want to hire someone that can explain, can articulate why they want to work there, why they want to work that specific job, or why they want to work at that specific company. They want you to be able to make those connections. And in fact, that place that you start those explaining those connections or making those connections is in the cover letter. And if you fail to do that in your cover letter, really, you may have most really didn't need to send one because that's the point of the cover letter. It's not to regurgitate their resume. It's it's not to necessarily highlight things from your background, although that might be a part of it. It's really to make that connection with the company, with the job about why you want that job. So it's okay to take a breath, make a plan, and really think about where you want to go. It doesn't have to take, you know, weeks and weeks to to do that work. You'll be much further ahead, much more motivated, and move quicker if you take a time out and do that. Then Katrina talked a little bit about goals and SMART goals. And it's funny, if you kind of Google SMART goals, you can come up with all different things that people use the acronym for, you know, what does S mean? Most people say specific, but sometimes people say something different. It's it's interesting and fascinating if you're interested in goal setting and goal setting structure to go and, and do that. But most of the time, people consider those to be smart in terms of specific, measurable, afford, attainable, affordable. So you could use affordable instead of attainable realistic and time-bound, and and Katrina did talk through those pieces, so we won't do that again. And as she was talking, hopefully you noticed that she was balancing big-picture goals, kind of that vision of where you want to go, what does that look like, can you paint a picture of it, you know, how does that how does that play out? What does success look like? Some of those bigger picture questions are a part of the goal setting process. I consider them to be more visioning than goal setting, but they're going to help us get the motivation that we need. They're going to help us have that big picture vision of where we want to go, which is a critical mental leap for us to be able to envision ourselves there, to be able to see what success looks like. That has a lot of mental power. But then a lot of the the goals she was talking about are more action-oriented. What are the steps that you're going to take? What do you need to do to get there? How are you going to, to feel when you complete that step or that very measurable, tangible action? And those action-based goals, we tend to not give as much value as we give the vision goals. People talk a lot about, you know, your vision or your vision board or having a vision. That's great, but the vision doesn't get you there. The vision motivates you to get there. 
But if you don't have the action steps figured out, if you don't have those action-based goals, the vision starts to fade. It starts to feel unrealistic. It, it you, you get despondent because it's not happening. And in job search, a lot of times we do this because the goal is to get a new job. The goal is to maybe get a new job in this amount of time, and we think we're being specific. But really, we don't have control over that. We don't have control over getting that new job. The person that hires us does. What we have control over are the actions that we can take to get there. And we can spell those out. We can measure them. We can tick them off of a list. And if we're doing that and paying attention, we might see some actions are more beneficial than others and shift our shift our, our action-based goals more one way or in the other or try something new. And that vision can also shift. And sometimes I think we see that as failure. If that vision shifts, it's it's a failure. And that's not the case at all. That's intelligence, right? Intelligence is seeing that, hey, what I'm doing is taking me in a different direction and that's okay. Or that goal that I set and that vision that I had maybe isn't realistic or isn't what I thought it was. And that's okay because I can take that new learning and integrate it into the underlying tenants behind that vision and create a new vision that's going to be more motivating perhaps because it leads me in that direction that I really want to go. And and now I can integrate that new information into it. We're going to take another short break here. And when we come back, we're going to dive into the last piece of what Katrina talked about, which was networking and networking towards that new job or career. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking with Katrina Brittingham about making a job or career transition. And part of the challenge there, of course, is that when you're making a transition, and especially making some kind of tweak to your career direction, so maybe going for a little bit different type of role or a different industry, and even if you're just moving from one job to the next, your quickest job search is going to be when you network. Now, quick seems like a funny word because you might think, oh, it's faster to apply online. And and yes, that's true. But the amount of, of people that get hired by applying online is, is fairly dismal. When you look at the statistics, it, like you have a 5% chance of getting hired for a job that you just apply to online blind. Then your odds increase considerably as you network with the best being that you are referred in by someone who works there, which takes a lot of effort in networking to get there. But guess what? It is also taking a lot of effort to apply online, which sometimes we don't think about because it's quote unquote so easy. When you're thinking about networking, a lot of times barriers just kind of fling themselves in front of our our faces and why we can't do it, why we shouldn't do it. Um, you know, why it's not going to work for us. We don't know anyone. We don't know anyone in this area. We don't know anyone in that industry. You know, you can tell yourself thousands of excuses. And and the truth is that we've got a lot of different ways it could work for you, a lot of ways that you can experiment with it, and that networking doesn't have to be this foray into meeting a whole bunch of new people. That's the first thing that everyone I talk to thinks of. Networking is going out there and meeting a whole bunch of new people. That's actually the longest, hardest way to network. So let's start somewhere else. Let's start with the people that you already know. And you might say, but they don't know anyone. Well, let's give them a chance. Data says that I know 200 people. It always seems a little overwhelming to me because I'm an introvert. So I think, okay, so even if I just knew 50 people and each of those 50 people knows another 50 people, 50 times 50 becomes a pretty big number really quickly. And that's just one level out from me. So maybe the issue isn't that my 50 people don't know anyone. Maybe the issue is that I haven't asked them the right questions or had the conversation in a way that helps me access one of their 50 people. And that's my first goal, is to ask the questions of my network, the people that know, love, and trust me, which may be even smaller, say 20 people who know, love, and trust me already. I don't have to start new. I don't have to go to an event and meet them. Those are all part of networking too, but we don't have to start there. Now, a lot of times people have barriers against asking those 20 people that they already know, love, and trust because... We assume they don't know anyone or we don't want them to know we're losing our job. So you can throw up a lot of barriers to there if you want to. And and then you could go and try and network the other way. 
if you're going to start with those first 20 people, that's easy, right? They know, love, and trust you already. They want to help you. You go and talk to them. You share with them what you're, what's going on, what you're looking for, and three ways that they can help you. Do they know any of the companies on your target list? What do they know about them? What companies might they add to your target list? And is there anyone at any of those companies, the ones that were on your list or the ones they might suggest you add, that they could introduce you to or someone who might know someone at some of those companies? And that's where you're going, is getting to that person's first level connections. So they're your second level connection through a personal introduction by someone who already knows, loves, and trusts you. If you go through all of your circle and you can't find one person that those people can introduce you to, I would be very, very, very surprised. You may have too short of a target list or thinking about how have I been asking this question. And maybe even you use some technology to help you help them. So looking through their LinkedIn list, is there someone they forgot about that they don't know about or that they know that they forgot about? Looking through their Facebook profile, people often think of Facebook as this, you know, oh, I'm not going to use that to job search, but it's the best way to look at real relationships and real connections because connections there tend to be deeper, not always, but tend to be deeper than our connections on LinkedIn. So use that first level network. Then if you are going to go to some of those big meetings and meet some new people, that's a fine strategy. Be as targeted as you can. So Katrina suggested starting with professional associations. Um, Awesome part about doing that is that they are so targeted. You know you're going to meet people in your industry. You know you're going to meet people that might be in or used to work in your target companies. And you're going to have a predetermined conversation piece, this industry that you are either in or interested in. And people at those types of meetings tend to be more friendly and open and willing to share because they're there to network too. There's local chapters of so many different types of associations. And then of course you've got state chapters and or national meetings. Find a way to plug in, maybe even starting on LinkedIn groups, find a way to plug in and start building those relationships. You don't need to build it by starting to ask for a job. Start by learning, start by asking great questions, which Katrina talked about, and then work into that relationship where you can both share ways that you could help each other. I love to ask her what the number one mistake is that people make in their networking. And she said, walking up to someone and handing them a card. And I completely agree. That's that's going to get in your way every time. And I would leave this parting thought, if you will, that the power is not giving them your business card. When you do that, you lose all ability to be proactive. The power is getting their card because then you have the opportunity to follow up. You have the ability to be proactive, to follow up, to make that connection. So don't worry so much about getting your card in someone else's hands. Worry more about making a good connection so that then when you get their card, you get their contact information, you feel comfortable following up because you actually took the time in that meeting, in that networking setting to get to know them a little bit. 
We'll be right back again next week on The Career Confidant. And in the meantime, if you have any questions or thoughts, feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.